Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rugbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Kicking tactically is translatable. The, the skill set that applies is something that you can put somewhere else and, and, and apply to all different areas of the game. Rugby Coach Weekly presents The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root, cut out the fluff, and challenge the masters of their domain to cut to the chase. Welcome to The Coaching Life, when we cut to the root of the matter. In this episode, we speak to Eddie Abel, head coach of the Miss West Thunderbirds Youth. Focusing on kicking tactics, we're going to cut to the root on why every player should learn to kick tactically. So, Eddie, are you ready? I'm ready. What do you mean by tactical kicking? So, kicking with a purpose. What would be an example of a purpose? Well, you'll see a lot of players who you're buried deep in your own territory. I know I'm supposed to kick, so I just I bomb the ball as far as I can. Uh, but sometimes it's smarter to sacrifice distance to put the ball in the right place. You, you don't want to kick it to the fullback and he doesn't have to move a step. You want to put it in grass. So learning to evaluate where's the open space, where should I kick the ball, as opposed to the, the physical aspect of it. So I'm interested in this idea of learning to evaluate how do you help players to get that sense? Well, I think it's a translatable skill. What do you mean by translatable? Well, so kicking tactically, putting the ball in the space means you're looking for space. And looking for space isn't just done with kicking. It's done in attack lines. It's done in uh, where you're looking to pass the ball, where you're looking to move into space, defensively recognizing it so that you can set up and cover and not leave open ground. So when I say Kicking tactically is translatable. The, the skill set that applies is something that you can put somewhere else and, and, and apply to all different areas of the game. So you're saying why every player should learn that, but what you're also suggesting is that only certain players on the pitch at certain times can see those things. It's not that they can't see them. It's that a lot of them haven't been trained to do so. Um, I so how do you train them to do so then? I'm big on game-based I love any game kicking, any game involving tactics. Uh, any okay, game. can you give me an example of a, like, what's your, what's your go-to one? What's the one which is your most favorite? Uh, we call it the kicking game because, you know. <laughs> Strange one's got kicking <laughs> in it. Coach, coaching younger players, keep it simple, yeah. right? Um, but essentially, it's almost like tennis. You're kicking the ball back and forth. Mm between teams um, on, on a fairly wide field. If the ball touches the ground, the other team has to kick it back from where they pick it up from. Yeah. If they catch it in the air, they get to return it. And the goal being you want to put keep the ball on the ground, and it's almost like trench warfare where you're just trying to advance piece by piece and score by kicking it in the other team's try zone. So that, that is, a, is a simple game, and obviously that helps them learn about, about kicking and finding space. So how does that translate into what the real game looks like? Well, for players who are kicking, obviously you're working on the skill of putting the ball into space. But even in a real game, players who aren't kicking, it's I catch the ball, I have to make an immediate assessment on where should we go next, what should we do next, and then immediately react. Because just like in the real game, the faster you're able to read and react and, and act, 
the more you're going to be able to take advantage of what the other team is giving you. Whereas if you're if you're catching and waiting and looking and having to think and process, the the opposition is going to have more time to, to set up and prepare to defend against you. So I, li- I like the game and certainly played this version of it myself. Uh, I speak I say that as a, a back three player. Are you getting your numbers one to five to play this game as well? Yes. Uh, I mean, first off. I've found forwards one through five love to kick yeah. <laughs> because they never get to do it. So any the smile on their face is always the biggest. But I think it's been, a, I don't want to say it's been a big problem across American rugby, but we do tend to categorize players and say, you're a prop, you work these skills. And so there's there's a lot of stuff that's lacking. And especially at the youth level, I think that's a problem because you don't know what kids are going to look like five, 10 years mm-hmm. ago. And the kid who's the tallest kid at the under 13 level might be playing in the back mm-hmm. three by the time he's 19. So developing players, developing all skills with all players, I think is especially important because it gives them the chance to become anything as they develop. With that game you've got there, that's easy to set up with a, a few players and they get some they get some skills, they can maybe kick to space. The actual game of rugby itself has got 15 players on each side. How, how do you replicate that, especially with when you don't have 30 players at training, which I think probably most people listening in would wish they have. You're probably going to tell me I've always got that, so I'm okay. <laughs> That's... No, uh, you know, I coach a lot of select sides and when you're on tour, you're going on tour with 24 kids yeah. and, and that's it. And I've done this, I did it with a, an era U15 team and it was just the 10 backs and they played five on five yeah. and it was probably the best version of I've seen because there was so much space and they were so skilled that they were constantly able to immediately read, react, put the ball in the space and we, they played and then we brought the forwards over. And all of a sudden it was 12 on 12 and now there's less space. And so, whereas before there would have been more time, there's less time. So I think you can always play with the size of the field, the number of players involved. I'm big on adding, I call them superpowers. So, uh, you know, you tell one, one kid is allowed to do one thing that other players aren't. So uh, this kid can always be offsides. Well, now you've added another element that you can use to kind of tilt the game more towards what they're going to see on, on the pitch in a real match as opposed so I to... So I just pick you up on that. So you don't see an offsides player in a real match. Well, you do in a real match. And, and hopefully the referee sees yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But, but not always. Yeah. So but, I'm obviously... Not, I don't want to be kicking to that offsides player then. So what's the benefit of that? I mean, I understand that, that it messes with the, uh, with the pictures, makes them have to think harder. But in terms of uh, tactical kicking... Well, it's more to put pressure on the team that's receiving. You are going to be under pressure at times with, with the kick. And in a game like this, it's it's harder, especially on the bigger kicks, you're not going to get as much pressure. So if you want to simulate, especially for your back three, hey, you've got a high ball coming and there's a man on. Mm. They don't run as hard in those games as they do in matches anyway. That's true. Okay, so going back to the idea of the tactical part. Now, tactically, you wouldn't be using the same kicks in different areas of the pitch. You alluded to that at the start. So how do you help the players understand that uh, which kicks would be more appropriate in different areas of the pitch? Uh, In terms of in-game, what's going to be more appropriate? Okay. So I I think part of that is just 
getting them the experience and getting them comfortable with it and then explaining. Right. How'd you get them the experience? Well, so you get them the experience with the reps kicking in, in the game, in the, in the games, in the training sessions. Right, okay. And then I think having a coherent game plan where when we're in this section of the field, we're looking for these kind of kicks. Um, my, so I like that when you say we're looking for these types of kicks. So you're not saying you're using one particular kick. So what helps them make the right choice? Well, it's going to be situational. So say we have a line out uh, in negative territory, 10 meters off the line. We're probably going to go to the nine and either it's going to be a box kick or we're going to get something safe to a back who mm-hmm. can, can clear it. But say we're in the same space and we create a turnover. Well, the way teams attack nowadays, you constantly have fullbacks in the line. People mm-hmm. bring that weak side wing over. That corner is going to be open. You might not have time anymore, though, to, hey, we stole possession. Let's get a nice ruck over, mm-hmm. set up a clean pocket, get it to our 10, get it to our 12, mm-hmm. whoever our clearance guy is, the, the, the wing, whoever, they're going to recover by that time. But what you're seeing a lot, and you especially see it in super rugby, Hoskins, the Tupia with the Blues, I think is the best mm-hmm. at this. Turnover ball, that four is just banging it down the field yeah. to that weak side as fast and hard as they yeah. can because we're not going to give that wing time to recover. You want to cheat that guy over and have an extra man in attack to come get us? Fine, so we're like going to make you pay. So that's like an automatic, almost like an automatic play. We get a turnover. We're always going to. We, we want to bang inside the twenty-two in negative territory. We get a turnover. We want whoever got that turnover to bang that ball down the corner as fast as possible. Now you said every player just going to pick you up on the fact you said I'm going to get it. It's nine, ten, or twelve is going to kick it. So uh, we're assuming that you're not expecting too many uh, ones, twos, and threes to box kick. <laughs> I mean, they could try. Right. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's just generally going to be play. So if you're hitting it off the line out, it's going to be a box kick from the nine because he's yeah. the guy there. If we're off a ruck and it's there and my one sees it and he puts yeah. up a box kick, you know, my, my big thing is I'm never going to be mad at you for trying something if you can explain why you tried it, what you saw. Right. If it's an execution thing, we can fix execution. Yeah. It's it, can you explain to me what you saw and why you did it, and and then I can forgive the mistake. Now, uh, going back to um, the tactical side of things, um, have you got sort of any sort of rules of thumb that you give your players in terms of what they should be looking for and what they should then execute? Famous with my players for saying I don't have any rules because right. <laughs> you know. Hard and fast rules can be a yeah. problem because anytime you're saying, "Well, I'm not allowed to do that." Okay, so yeah, uh, yeah but so let's let's say rules of thumb. These are rules which uh, roughly we will do this from here, this from here. But you then play guidelines. Well, yeah, guidelines. Okay. So any any time we are my teams, I like to move the ball fast. I what do you mean by move the ball fast? As in we're, we're we call it five by five. We want to go from one five meter line to the other five meter line. In as few passes and as few breakdowns as possible. Why? With the idea being, we want to stretch stretch defenses. Yeah. Um, in modern day fence, defenses, you see a lot, especially are very heavily dependent on on big defensive players coming from the back row and the centers and, yeah. and and moving about. So, what we want to do is make those guys start working early and start working often and wear them down. With the idea being, you know, ball always moves faster than the man. It's the old rule, yeah. right? So we want to move the ball laterally as much as possible and force defense to adjust and start wearing guys down. And once we're able to wear them down, you start to see holes. You start to see gaps. Flankers don't get out there quite as fast, and that's when you can take advantage. The, one of the principles of attack is go forward, 
and you're suggesting that we need to move laterally before we go forward. Not in every circumstance. Again, yeah. gu- guidelines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if something's there and there's a gap right off that first guy, yeah. take the gap. So you're you're creating gaps for you to go go forward. The, the goal being that yes, because the more we move laterally, the more the defense has to move laterally, yeah. and and the more you move defenders laterally, the more likely there is to to create a gap. And so what we're always looking for as a guideline is we want to try to get two passes off of every breakdown. So the first guy's never carrying into contact. Mm-hmm. He's always moving the ball. And then we want a strike runner, which is somebody, somebody coming hard immediately off. Okay. That so we're, so we got your, uh, you got your, your plays to move the ball laterally, laterally. Uh, so where does the kicking fit into this? Then? Well, the kicking's going to fit in because if you're moving laterally, those backs are going to have to come up. Right. Right. You, you got to, we always tell guys, you, you need to move defenders. If, if defenders are moving you to where you want, where they want you to go, we're in trouble. We want to move defenders where we want them to go. And so we're going to move the ball laterally and either force those back guys to come up and flankers to come across, and that's going to open up something over the top that we can then run on to, or they're going to stay home. In which case, if they stay home, we're going to have a man advantage on the outside, yeah. maybe a two-man advantage if we're bringing that weak side wing over. So that's what we're really trying to do when we move laterally is get – stretch out the forwards and then force the backs to make decisions. Am I coming up to defend these guys as they come wide or am I going to stay back and play the kick? Now, uh, let's go back into the 22, uh, a negative area. Uh, what That's more where you're more likely to be kicking. So given that we're not rules, we've got guidelines. What are your guidelines for playing out of the 22? I like to tell guys you get, at least three phases inside the 22. And I know that's aggressive. A lot of coaches give me one safe ball with four guys in the rucks, Mm. make a pocket, give it to our biggest foot, get it out of there. Mm. But generally, if we have possession in that negative territory, that's the area where teams are going to have the least amount of defenders up. Mm. And they're going to focus a lot of attention, especially on uh, your kicker, and they're going to focus attention usually on your first ball carrier. And so if you can set something up with a second or third ball carrier, that's usually where defense isn't focused because most defense is trained to think. All right, so what you're saying is that you the, the kicking strategy allows you to sometimes not kick at all or have, have variety. So in terms of the, the tactical part of that, how are you helping the players understand what the right options are. When I say the right options, so they can then, they have got the opportunity to justify it to you because, yeah, this, this, you're painting a lovely picture here. You've got these players there. How are they learning and understanding when, when to do what they think they want to do? Well, so we're looking to do two things. Um, and, and this has been a recent development, but if, if we break line, we're going to keep going. And, and that's just, everybody does that. Yeah. The other thing we're looking to do is if you're in negative territory, even let's say you're 15 meters off, off your line with the new 50, 22 rule, you're really only about 30 meters away from setting yourself up to make a, a, a game changing play. Mm. So if you can get that 30 meters and then set up your 50, 22. Right. So, sorry, I'm just going to go back a bit. So you're giving me your tactics. I want to understand how your players will, get the right pictures in their mind. So I've got um, a group in front of me and I'm saying to them, this is, well, let's decide how we're going to set up our tactics. How's that going to work? What conversations are you having with them to allow them to make better decisions? Well, so I think what we try to tell them is we're trying to be aggressive from from all areas of yeah. the field. And, and that's always first and foremost in our mind is, is 
every time we have the ball, we want to score. Is that yeah. going to happen? Of course not. Yeah. If it is, we're playing the wrong team. <laughs> so what we're looking to do, though, is, is create the opportunities. And you're usually going to know within two, three, four phases, is this opportunity here or is it not? Right. And if it's not, learn to retreat, kick the ball. If, if we can, like I said, if we can break line and, and keep possession, let's go for it. If we can set up a 52-22, let's go for it. It's basically training them to say, okay, here's where we are on the field. Here's how we want to play. Here's the amount of rope I'm going to give you. Yep. And if you start to see it, you see it. And again, it goes back to my, my earlier point. If you try something and it doesn't work, but you tell me, hey, that wing was here. And I knew if I put the ball here and I had this you know, teammate running onto it, we had an opportunity to create this. Well, if you can come explain it to me and it just didn't work, I'm fine with that. It, it's, it's training them to start to look for the opportunities. And, and that goes back again to the, the very beginning of it, the tactical kicking is, Anytime you start teaching them a skill or have them playing a game or teaching them anything that essentially is how are you going to create opportunities for yourself, that's where you're, that's where you're training them. That's, I, I think that answers your question. No, and it does it really well. So that's brilliant, Eddie. Uh, thanks for that. So uh, Eddie also coached with uh, ERA, which is the Eagles Impact uh, Rugby Academy. Academy. Yeah, thank you. And also with Indiana University. His philosophy is to try to develop well-rounded players who are able to play for any other coach as uh, as well and uh, then slide into that team seamlessly, which I really enjoy that as an idea. So I'm going to ask you um, a couple of questions. So if, they, if people want to get in contact with you, how do they do that? Uh, so we have a Facebook page, Midwest Thunderbirds Youth, that you can find me or, or just my email address, eddieable at gmail.com. Eddie Abel, uh, so, and you spell Abel? A-B-E-L. A-B-E-L. Okay, some quick fire questions. How old are you? 40 years old. 40 years old. What coaching book is a by your bedside? Uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit. David Epstein's Range is a fantastic book. Every coach should read it. It's not directly about coaching, but I love it. Yep. Uh, which coach teacher are you loving at the moment? I've always been a big Tony Dungy guy. I'm from Indianapolis, so a Colts fan. But right, okay. So he's an American football American coach. football coach. All yeah. right, okay. Which team, sport, or subject would you love to coach at the moment, other than rugby? I've been coaching my kids' soccer team. All right, okay. How old are your kids? Uh, I got a six, eight, and eleven-year-old. Okay, so what's the biggest challenge with them? Probably the eight-year-old wanting to grow up too fast. He, <laughs> he wants to play travel, and, and we'll see. <laughs> right, okay. Who's inspired you most? Mom and my dad. All right. And what would you tell your 20-year-old self to do more of? Travel more. Travel more. And when you say travel more, what? Travel the States or travel the world? Go see the world. Go see the world. Elliot, it's been brilliant. Really enjoyed that. Thanks very much. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it.